folks. Gorilla Nerd Fair is live. We're back. You're back. My name is Steve Nobles, the fourth nobleman. Welcome to another exciting episode of Gorilla Nerd Fair, the podcast where we talk about really whatever the hell we feel like. I am joined with my wonderful hosts. Eli's Warlock. Adam. Hey, guys. It's me. Dia. You missed some shit, dude. I missed a lot of shit. I was on a beach when all that shit was going down. Son of a beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh so we went to the beach and then we came right back and did father's day that's the the kids knew that it was the 30th anniversary of my dear friend sonic the hedgehog and uh got me this cool don't blink hat and um got me sonic mania physical on the switch um, nice and uh and then <laughs> turned right around and redeemed it at the uh, epic game store for uh, so now I have it on three places. I got it on the Xbox One. I've got it on Switch, and now and I've got it on Epic. Yeah, the beach was great. Um, I needed the rest. It's been two years since my last vacay, thanks to COVID. Um, and saw some interesting stuff. Uh, saw a submarine deploy into the uh, Atlantic. That was interesting to watch from nice. the beach. Just randomly Tuesday morning that week. Just oh, there's a submarine. Okay, you don't see that every day. And um, ate a lot of fresh seafood, which is rare for me to get. So I was happy about that. And I attempted uh, with very poor cell phone covers to keep up with what was going in E3. Gave up and then uh, started bitching about it to the Discord um, afterwards. So that was that was fun. Um, <clears throat> so uh, missed you, missed you guys, my brothers in uh, in arms here in Nerdtree. And uh, glad to be back, but uh, I, I think um, I think uh, Stuart and Cap Notes did a great job while I was gone. And uh, I have did, did they? Me. Did they though? I don't know yet. I haven't listened to the podcast. Ah, oh, oh there, there wow, is. the most disingenuous bullshit. Oh man, you want to see? I have a story like that, dude. Check it out. So I have this this friend. I won't say his his name. He doesn't listen anyway, but it doesn't matter. This guy, real nice guy. Choked me out with love once because he's a uh, super big into like MMA and jujitsu. And I was a part of his gym for like five months. Yep. And the first night I was there, he just choked me the fuck out. He's like, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget just having his big fucking sweaty arm around my neck in the least sensual way possible. He's just like <laughs> whispering in my ear. He's like, dude, I'm doing this because I love you. I had no, I was gassed. Could not fight him off at all. Couldn't push him off of me. Couldn't roll. Couldn't do anything. And he was just like teaching me how to shrimp and do all the other, you know, the the jujitsu moves. And I was just like, could not. I was just like, you know, if you're gonna kill me, just kill me. Just do it. But anyway, he had a podcast. He ran a local podcast in town, and he his inspiration was like Joe Rogan. So I already knew it was gonna be an issue. But he invited me as a guest. Oh no. He had like probably like five, six hundred people who listened, watched that night. And he had a lot of local sponsors and they were just talking about all this stuff. And uh, 
one of those he he started to ask me about one of the sponsors like a local restaurant or some shit and he's like have you ever been there and I, i'm it's like yeah sure yeah i love the place it's great delicious go eat there and then um he i think he said cut and uh i just assumed he stopped recording so it's like you know i've never eaten there i think that place is ass but i never go there but you know and he's like, dude, we're still live. People are listening to us right now. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my. Y'all, y'all, you just pulled a deer, man. Yeah, that's what that's, that's what happens. I, I, I actually joined for uh, Stuart's, um, Stuart's thing uh, for the first, like, 15 minutes. And then I had to go to sleep because I was on vacay. And, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, from what I saw, it looked interesting. And uh, and I have not listened to the or watched them yet because I've been so busy uh, coming back from vacay. But uh, so that's on me. There is no audio for eleven and twelve. It's okay. There You're gonna have uh, no clips. They'll, uh, well, they'll they'll be up. Uh, they'll be up this in the next few days. So uh, you got a lot of what twelve two no, six hours six hours of audio to listen through six hour six hours of audio that you see. It's easier for me to compress. A stream that I that I participated in because I generally know where things are. Right, uh, you don't know where Scott is. <laughs> I don't know where shit is on these, so this is going to take me a little while longer. But I, I think you'll like Oates's uh, introduction if you caught it. <laughs> I, I disrespectfully put his face over yours. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did read that in the Discord. Thanks, dude. I did read that particular. I didn't respond because I was just like, you know what? Let them have their fun. I'll be back. So this is coming from someone who's vaguely watched some of the Halloween movies. I don't really know the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know he's he's human, right? And he was like, you know, had like an abusive childhood or some shit like that. Yeah, it, it, whether or not like, he's human depends on the movie you're watching and the canon you're watching. So there's multiple, so these new these times. new movies because this is a sequel to the the last one. Yeah, the new movies are he is human. Then how the fuck does he keep on surviving? Okay, oh, no, no, okay, I, okay. I, under, I understand why they never managed to kill him. Now I get it. They're yeah. dumb. Yeah, they're all dumb. But that's mm-hmm. the point. That's the it's uh, what weird ways is he going to destroy these people? And what unique ways are they going to do that that haven't been already done out of the history of that series? And I think we've already seen well, several. It was the so. Like I said, this is the third movie in what is the new canon. Now, there have been about four or five different timelines for uh, Halloween based on all the reboots they've done. Um, but this particular line, this would be a third in the trilogy. You ignore everything that came after Halloween, and you, and then the movie from two years ago was the sequel, and then this is the third part in the trilogy. Um so yeah, um, it's uh, Anthony. What's his name? Uh, Stewart saying that the little boy, the guy with the bat in the trailer, mm-hmm. was uh, the the kid from Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club, the 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 blonde haired kid, um, Anthony something. I don't remember, but he that's <laughs> the nerdy the guy one. With the, yeah, he's the guy with the bat. Nice. Um, so the so so it is literally this is the third film in the new timeline that erased everything that came after Halloween like Halloween 2, 3, H2O, the Halloween reboot, the first one, you know, there's, there's been a lot. 
So Adam, what what were your highs and lows from you three? <laughs> what were your highs and lows, man? <laughs> um, highs for me, the very short list: Breath of the Wild two. Yep. Uh, Advance Wars on Switch. Uh, mixed bag there a little bit, but we'll get into that. And then, um, uh, they're coming out with painkiller. They're bringing painkiller back and it's not going to be people can fly. So I'm not, I'm kind of wary about that. It's going to be Starbury studios through some Koch media off brand called, called a prime matter, uh, which is a new publishing house coming from Koch media. Uh, so I'm, if you, if you aren't familiar with painkiller, it was a uh, early to mid two thousands um, kind 2004 of, on PC and Xbox. Yeah, it was um, a run and gun shooter around the same time that Serious Sam came out. Concept was is you were a guy who, who you and your wife died in a car wreck. She was taken down to hell. You're in purgatory trying to earn your way into heaven, and instead you say fuck that. I'm gonna go get my wife. So you battled your way down to hell from purgatory. Um, and one of the things that a lot of people are like, oh yeah, painkiller, it was like a doom clone and it is, you know, it's similar to serious Sam. And I can see why they want to bring that back now with the popularity of doom and doom eternal, uh, you know, doom 2016. But the thing about the painkiller, uh, the best part of that game was the very last level episode level four, I believe was you were literally in you finally made it to hell and you were going to battle lucifer and the final level to get to lucifer is a whole bunch of uh it's a whole bunch of battlefields from throughout history where all of the weapons are frozen in mid use like uh, on a world war one battlefield there's a machine gun that has bullets coming out of it but they're all frozen in time so it's just a muzzle flash and bullets that are in the air that you can actually, you know, interact with. You can you can run into them and they'll stop you or hurt you. Um, if it's a, a sword on a medieval battlefield. And while you're in these frozen battlefields, you can hear in 3D audio the sounds of the battle going on, but nothing is occurring in front of you. It was a really great concept. Oh, and yeah. and the enemies were the ghosts of the fallen warriors in each of those arenas and you know it's a monster arena shooter so it's like serious sam so you go from area to area kill all the monsters and then you'd unlock the next area and so you know in the medieval siege battlefield you're fighting dudes with swords but they're ghosts so you can barely see them and they have a, like a really shimmery effect on them and then all the way up to world war one battlefield where you're fighting guys with guns just like you it, it's really it's really awesome and and i'll that and i still play that game today to this day every once in a while i'll just fire up the game and play it but i'm also incredibly wary because you know they're based i i my theory is is they're the reason they're doing this now they're putting this under production is not because they want to bring back the franchise so to speak i think it's literally because they just want to copy doom eternal and doom 2016 success with another run and gun arena shooter and like I said, I'll take more painkiller, but you know, if they just reboot it, it'd be really cool to see a remastered um version of the level that I just talked about that uh I probably put way too much thought into. But it looks like still. you're dabbling in a lot of Unreal Engine five stuff. So yeah, I, they are, yeah. I could see that would be a really neat um process the, to see if yeah, they, seeing that in a more realistic form because you know, two thousand three, two thousand four uh games 
not surrealistic. Um, you know, they look they look a bit dated. Just a tiny bit. Now, when I was a, when I was playing this, you know, telling the uh, right telling the high school being at college, I was like, oh yeah, this is great. But um, had some interesting weapons too. Uh, you know, since it was uh, supernatural in, in nature, but that 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 really, you know, that it was just one little byline from uh, you know a highlights of E three thing. Low lights in E three. Um, CD Projekt Red was silent as they have been on the state and the future of their um, deformed baby that they birthed last year, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, that was disappointing. I had hoped to hear something. Uh, I had hoped to hear something about Metroid Prime 4. Instead, we got Metroid Dread, which again, that's a 2D hey, Metroid. Hey, hey now. <laughs> the 2D they Metroid. Okay mention Metroid Prime 4. They they mentioned the whole, it in, the whole name did show up on screen. They mentioned it by name uh, and that they have absolutely they did, nothing yes, to show. They, they have acknowledged it. They acknowledged that it existed. Well, they acknowledged it existed last year and the year before that. That's yeah. all you need is an acknowledgement. Okay. I need I need I need to see something, bro. Um, the only other thing that I was uh, uh, Forza Horizon Five. I'm, you know, I like the Forza games, but they've. The formula has been getting samey for the past three games. Uh, Australia was, but this my, time it's in Mexico. There's one location that I'm looking for, and they still haven't delivered it. But photorealistic Mexico. Yeah, what's in Mexico? Let's see here. Eastern Mexico is hills and forests. But Western they Mexico, Mexico. they got snow in Mexico. Apparently, didn't they? They showed snowy terrain. They have, they have snow in Chile, which is not Mexico. <laughs> so they showed off all the terrains, right? They, they had a snowy terrain. They had uh, like a jungle. Yeah, like the very southern tip of Mexico might get snow every so, once in a while. So, so it's desert. Then there's like here's some jungle, and then there's a little bit of snow. Yeah, there's so, a little snow. <laughs> so, so I, I I'm gonna rant a bit about Forza Horizon. So Forza Horizon One, my favorite Horizon. Well, actually, my second favorite horizon. First favorite is when they went to Italy and France, and second one. Uh, but the first one was isolated to roads and the occasional off-road. Um, and it had a narrative. You were a guy who crashed this horizon festival you'd heard about in this, you know, old-ass, uh, you know, golf GTI. And you go in there, and no one knows who the fuck you are. They're like, "Who are you?" And you come in there, and you own the place, and you become the champion of the of the festival. And yeah, underdog story. Love that shit. The second game is like the same underdog from the Forza Horizon One in Colorado is now invited to help build the festival in France and Italy. And again, the narrative was loose, but we still had things like wristbands. We you know, so instead of driver levels. And all the bots were local. You didn't have to be online to get decent bots. And um, again, coastal roads, mostly roads with a few off-road events. Now, in Forza Australia, in Forza Horizon 3, they start going more towards the off-road road. You know, it's like, we've got these roads, but they're not as interesting all, all, all the off-road stuff that we're going to do. Same thing with Forza Horizon 4 when they go to Britain. It's like we have all these really cool, tight cities that you can race through, but we're not going to give you a whole bunch of that. We're going to give you a whole bunch of, hey, do some autocross and you can 
drive on tarmac of airports and drive in, in onto dirt and drive up the side of a mountain. That's great and all, but I mean, I was a Forza Motorsport guy who got into Horizon because it was kind of a, it was like, you know, the Forza version of Need for Speed. It was mostly roads for the first two entries. And then after that, yeah. they started getting further away. With this Mexico entry, it seems to be nothing but off-road with the occasional gravel road. I just, I mean, yeah, hey. sure. I'm going to I'm gonna put a dirt kit on my Lambo Hurricane and, Why take, not? It, and take it drifting down oh. the side of a Mexican mountain. Wait, wait just one goddamn minute. Say hurricane. Hurricane. No, 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 no. Say, say hurricane. Hurricane. All right, that's better. Let's no. role play. <clears throat> Adam, there's a hurricane coming to your house. Okay. What is that giant storm coming to your house called? A hurricane. But what I'm is going, that movie? I'm gonna Go jump ahead. into I'm gonna jump into my Lamborghini Hurricane. What and drive drive away from the storm, which yeah. is a hurricane. Yes, he's jumping in his hurricane to run away from the hurricane. Right, his car to get away from the storm. Right, it's Twister Two. Finally, they, 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 H, they, don't, H, they don't pronounce it like that, do they? Yes, it's the they Itali do. It's the Italian <laughs> word for hurricane. <laughs> it's spelled. H-U-R-R, and that's all I got. H-U-R-I-C-A-N. A-N, yep. Yeah, just a Hurricane. Hurricane. I just thought yep. that was your weird southern way of pronouncing mm, hurricane. That's no, not, that's actually, hurricane would be something like a British person would say. That's true. They would say hurricane. Or aluminium. Aluminium, uh, and they would call a smoking jacket a tweed for no apparent reason. Um but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it seems like they're focusing really heavily on off road and and now they've got the Forza Horizon um, event maker or whatever the fuck it is where you can go bowling with your car. It looks a lot like the uh, the GT Online bullshit. I don't I don't as a Forza guy that started from the beginning. I don't give two shits about a Forza Arena where you can build your own events. I don't care. I want to drive on roads in exotic cars. I will never be able to afford. And I, I, you know, I barely want to drive off road. If I want to drive off road, I'll get in a doom buggy. I'm not going to put a lift kit on my Lamborghini Aventador. Uh, it's not one of the funny words. Do you get them? Oh, you better watch out. Oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's, that's, better that's, yet. That's not, that's not a weather pattern I, I, I'm familiar uh, with. Don't oh, forget okay. the, Lamborg the Lamborghini SUV, the Ooters. Uh, yeah, that, that one's okay. Okay. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Just wanted to make sure you were pronouncing hurricane like a and real goddamn the, American. How yeah. would how would the rock look as the hurricane? We would just be wearing a mask and he'd be like, "This uh, hurricane I mean, coming it, through." He wouldn't be able to play the hurricane unless fucking his little uh, little fucking Thunderdome buddy is always on top of him all the time. What's that guy's name? Evan Hart. Yeah, but it wouldn't he wouldn't be able to play the hurricane <laughs> unless Kevin Hart was a fucking little storm cloud next to him. Just Kevin Hart with his legs dangling now, hanging on to his bicep. Damn, it's a hurricane. Oh, my God. I'm going to throw that lightning at you. It's a, it's a motherfucking hurricane. Ah. So he's, he's gone dramatic, guys, by the way. 
Yeah, he did. Fatherhood, wasn't it? Yeah, Fatherhood. It actually actually looks it looks like a decent film, but it's Kevin Hart, so I'm like, I don't know what to expect. It's kind of like when uh, Adam Sandler did Punch Drunk Love. You're kind of like, wait, what? I think or, I uh, think if he pulls movie. this off, if he does that, I probably feel a little better about Roland. Maybe they'll put some stilts on him. Maybe I still. <laughs> Kevin Hart is playing Roland they, they in the Borderlands film. He's playing they Roland in Borderlands. Speaking of Borderlands film, they just tweeted they, they today showed, they finished uh, uh, shooting. They showed the first uh, the first image of Claptrap from the movie a couple days ago as well. It's pretty game. Know. It's game accurate. Oh, nice! Yeah, as far as yeah, I can it's game accurate. The voice yeah, looks, better be looks, fucking game accurate too. It better be the guy. Yeah, well, I want the original guy, but they fell out, so it's the yeah, new guy from three now. It's which the new guy from three? Which I, mm, that's not. I, I think it's the new guy from three. They haven't said right. He's not cast or anything. They haven't put names out for him, have they? Right, and and they they're not going to because uh, a character like that you can ADR up, you know, t- like a couple who, of months before the who movie. Who is show. Jack Black? Who is Jack Black playing, playing in that movie? That's that's what I I was thinking. He'd be a good clue a shoe in for, he would be, uh, for claptrap. Yeah, he'd, he'd be a good claptrap if you wanted to Hollywoodize the role. Sure. I mean, he you could think definitely. That's what he's going to do. I don't know. I mean, oh, if man. if so, I mean, again, that's an ADR role, so they can they can cast that right for the movies. Brick needed to be Batista, and I didn't hear anything about that role. Nope. I, I want uh, Batista to be Marcus Phoenix. Yes. Brick. Yes. And uh, I know you, I know you hate it. It's it's not gonna be the Marcus Phoenix voice, but the character model it's not gonna be the Mark Marcus Phoenix acting either. Oh no, I mean John, yeah. John DiMaggio cannot pass for Marcus Phoenix. Bro. No way. <laughs> I'm not I'm not expecting him to play to pass as Marcus Phoenix, I'm just saying if you're gonna hire a big buff, there's gotta be a big buff guy besides Batista. The right hire, hire Batista's fucking body actor, his his body double or whatever. That guy the, could probably the, act. The a, man, yeah, yeah, he would act a, circles around Batista. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the plastic bag and American Beauty could act circles around. You know that's what a, Batista's best cut. film role was? Was uh, Grangar the Barbarian Drax? No, a Blade Runner. And that's because he had like five speaking lines the entire time. There, it, was the best, it was and, the best. He, role he, it looks him. like he's going to be good in Dune. Uh, but again, I don't expect him to he have, doesn't a have much speaking, speaking role. Not the, exactly. Not with the, not I, with the he's, character. He's, in, he's intimidating on screen. But the minute he starts talking and wants to convince you of something, that's where I lose it. That's where the magic well, is the, gone. I just want to see in Dune. fits for Drax. Yeah, it does. I just want to well, see it's good for Drax. I'm just in a in a got or in a uh, Gears of War a serious, movie. A serious. Actor, I'm, I'm, right. Imagine him yelling something like Anya, the Hammer of God. He can't, he wouldn't even be able to get that right. Like, Anya. Uh, Hammer of Dawn. That's a good impression. I guess. That's, that's a good Batista, man. That's a yeah. good. Yeah, all you gotta do is just go get them arms, man. Dude, the, the the hilarious part is is I watched when he came back briefly to feud with Triple H. What was that? Twenty. That was twenty twenty, right? They brought him back for like a face intended role, 
and face intended role. They turned went, so fucking quick on him. Yeah, they did. They hated him. Um, but when that that it's a meme now. Give me what I want, and I'm like, dude, um, you acted mm. better before you were zero percent body fat, right? <laughs> I mean, when he was he was a okay promo guy for a wrestler, but mostly because he only spoke like four sentences. <clears throat> then he'd throw the mic away. But it was like, give me what I want. It's, it was so stilted and wooden. I'm like, you know, you're not really selling this feud there, bro. You know? Mm, and, no. and when he does the whole sunglasses deal after he beats up on Ric Flair and he pushes him up like that, I'm like, the fuck are you trying to be? I mean, come. trying to be the anime character when they push the glasses up and they get the glare. Well, they didn't, it didn't flash, you know? <laughs> no glare, no, no sell. Mm. Nope. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta have the, I gotta have the aviator flash. Come on. And as far as Dune is concerned, I just need at least one three second roll where the camera pans over and there's Sir Patrick Stewart playing the Chapman stick. I gotta, yep. I gotta have that. That's contractually a requirement for this movie. They have to do it again. Mm -hmm. Has to happen. He doesn't have to be de aged or digitized or anything. No. <laughs> Sit right there. Mm -hmm. Keep playing. Oh dear! Why you why you do this to me, dear? Yeah, I, I uh, as a friend, I will allow you to stay your hand until after the cast is recorded. Fair enough, fair enough. That sound, but, and, as will be picked up in the podcast audio, means that <laughs> Dia has forced me to eat a package chip. He has given me the ability to parlay that until the end of the podcast. So, if you were to stick around for the live broadcast. You'd be able to see me suffer the consequences of eating not one but two uh, full-size package ghost pepper chips. So that's an incentive to stay tuned for the live broadcast. You get to watch me suffer. Yeah. You know what else? What else? Speaking of live, let's talk about Netflix for a second. Oh, Netflix. Netflix is uh, making a live-action thing. Yeah, you want to go ahead and take a stab at the the thing I'm referring to? The live action thing? Is it the live action Resident Evil? Is that is that what it is? Nope. No, no, it's not the well, live that, action. That's as far as I know, that's CG right now. Is it? I um, thought they had. A, I thought they had a, a CG and a live action. I believe they are working on a live action Resident Evil. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I know what what this is, but I'm gonna let Dia have it. It's I, I a live it. action Yu Yu Hakusho. Yep. Wait. <laughs> Live action. You, you, I can see. Oh my and god! I'll go ahead and put that in the uh, in the chat. That's yeah, the first first picture from the set of the live action. You, I can what show. in the? Sh <laughs> is this another one of those anime uh, movie poster deals? What is this? What is this? Let me look at this. Oh my god. Oh no. 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 Mm -mm. No. No. <laughs> Welcome to your Yusuke Yurameshi. That is not Yusuke Yurameshi. That hey man. That, he looks that, like he got a punch under the eye. That's something. He uh, looks like a baby. I just uh, or or no, he looks like like a J-pop idol dude. Look he is that. a J-pop idol, dude. All right, look, okay. he literally he literally is a J-pop idol. All right, all right. You, you, Hakusho anime. 
Does he have any previous acting experience whatsoever? This, this is who he yes, is supposed to be. He was in be. Tokyo Revengers. This is who he is supposed oh, okay. to be. Yu Yu Hakusho. I thought he looked no, kind of no, familiar. No, 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 that's not right. Let's go back. Still, one. though, dude, I, I needed him to have more angular features. This dude's round everywhere. How's he going to pull off that scowl? He's not. No, he's going to be smiling all fucking time. If this is who Yusuke is, who's going to play? Uh, what's what's the Orange Hair guy game name again? It's been forever. Which uh, which one? The orange hair, the red hair guy, Kuwabara. Oh, uh, Kuwabara. Kuwabara. He was he was my favorite on that show, by the way. But um, man, I I don't know. I liked uh, uh, I liked him. But man, who's going to play that guy? And are they going to fuck his hair up or not? Because uh, it, all these it, has, it has to be a Cheeto pompadour, right? It has yes, to be the Cheeto pompadour. To, with the with the spiral coming that like straight <laughs> out. Um but I, I mean these live action a- anime sh- adaptations they, they now do. we have it. That's what he's it, supposed to look like. Yusuke? Yeah. And they, then they, not my Yusuke. They always they always fuck up the hair though. Well, I mean, it's they, like they, they did look the same like thing. horrible wigs. They did the same thing with Attack on Titans live action adaptation. They did oh, the same God. thing oh, my God. with they all Full Metal like Alchemists. Oh, don't get me started on that bullshit. Oh, Full Metal Alchemists live action adaptation. Freaking oh. awful. I mean, it looked, like, it looked like fucking Power Rangers level of costume work. That's what it looked like to me. And whenever I, I, they whenever they get the costumes wrong, it looks like a Power Rangers episode. I still stand by that the best anime adapt live action anime adaptation that has come out so far has been Rurouni Kenshin. Yes, absolutely. And, and everything else is just god awful. And Rurouni Kenshin isn't that great either. It's Bleach, okay. Bleach but, wasn't was Bleach was serviceable. But still terrible in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, Kenshin himself and Ruin Kenshin was, in my opinion, too pretty. Um, the actor playing him, like you know, because because Ruin Kenshin is supposed to be ugly and scarred up and stuff from you know. Yeah, I mean, he's still stuff. supposed to be a good-looking guy. He's just well, yeah, but but he just didn't. I mean, it, it didn't really. But you know, and and they had to cut so much, but. Half of Rune Kenshin, or maybe more than half, was filler, um, in my opinion. But because I I watched all 136 episodes, um, but yeah, I, I 100% agree that was my favorite so far. Um, there was another one I don't remember the name of it. Uh, GTO. I've never seen the live action GTO. It was not bad. Now it pales to the anime. Yeah, the anime is classic. But I thought that the live action show, and I haven't seen all the episodes of live action show, but I have seen like six or six or so, I mm-hmm. think. And and you know, it's it's not even the same one to one, but they're teaching they're teaching them. It's the same formula, and that's right. where they yeah. don't deviate from the formula. And as long as they don't deviate from the original thing that made Great Teacher Onizuka great, it's worked. And it didn't matter if the guy didn't look like like gto the, the teacher it didn't matter if the kids didn't resemble the kids that they were it's, there it's the heart of it all it's it was the heart of it and it was yeah. the story and they were trying to tell and they told it and that's that's my thing with adaptations is 
we know that anime is highly stylized and a bit westernized on purpose. Mm -hmm. But every if 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 the show takes place in a form of Japan, drop the silly hairstyles, drop the silly haircuts, and just give us the heart of the show. Don't you know? I mean, Full Metal Alchemist very heavily German influenced, so yeah, they're going to. But but don't I mean if it's a Japanese guy playing the actor, just make it accurate to that that to that actor in that era. Bingo. And 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 keep the heart of it. You know that's what is called an adaptation. You could take some certain liberties as long as you keep the heart of the story. That's what matters, not the not the aesthetics of it. I mean sometimes aesthetics matter. I mean just look at Loki. The aesthetics matter on that show big time. But um. You know, for for anime, some of the aesthetics on paper are never going to translate to live action. So, yeah, the aesthetics are the plot and the character development, things like that. So this is a complicated issue for me, because on the one hand, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. But on the other hand, I know that none of this stuff is made for us anyway. Right. I am well aware that Japan and Netflix knows that the West has a taste for anime. When they make this live action stuff, they never make it with the West in mind. They make it primarily to appeal to a Japanese audience, which has different tastes and different outlooks than we do. And they might see this stuff and think that it's amazing. I remember when the live action attack on Titan movie came out and I was just like, what the fuck is not only does it look bad, the plot is awful. And that thing sold gangbusters in Japan and got yep. great reviews in Japan. So mm-hmm. I think the mentality is here that we are so endeared to anime because it was such a niche thing to us. So we don't want to see it changed when it's you know converted into a different format or media or medium. Whereas Japan... And this might be generalizing. I don't want to generalize too much, but they probably grew up with anime all the time. So it's probably interesting to well, see see it in a different format or a different story. Or yeah, To them, the live actions could be simply like we are with the MCU. I grew up reading Marvel Comics, and now I'm seeing this stuff done well in live action and a lot of the costumes now that they've you know got a foothold a lot of the costumes are matching the the uh the the comics now um mm-hmm. and, and and DC never shied away from that kind of stuff their costumes are always at least comic based heavily marvel at least with the x-men movies and stuff like that tried to be you know a little in between comic and real life but i, I yeah for them anime is just tv it's that's just television for them. Mm-hmm. To us, it's like adult cartoons, you know, because cartoons for us until recently in the past, you know, two, three decades have always been like Hanna-Barbera and shit like that. It was always either kid-based or for mild entertainment. It wasn't like a BoJack Horseman, you know, where the shit makes you think, you know, it wasn't Rick and Morty where it's incredibly adult and funny at the same time. Um you know, we're just America is just coming around to the fact that you can have mature cartoons that don't have to be slapstick. They don't have to be comedy. 
And, you know, Japan has been doing this shit since the 50s with with their stylized cartoons. So, um, you know, just look at the loop in the third movies. Those things have been going forever. And they're very adult. Um, but, yeah, your, your point's 100%. I'm 100% agreeing with you. To Japan, these live action are a great way to experience a property they know inside and out of, again, in a different form like we do with the with the marvel shows and movies yeah I, I don't know i the netflix you know netflix original means less and less to me these days it, it's uh, uh, they always say netflix original what they mean is netflix they're, they're, licensed yeah they're they're just buying their originals which you yeah. know it is what it is um but it's just interesting to see how these adaptations are coming out and and what the next spin is and i don't think we'll ever gonna ever gonna get a anime adaptation other than whoever is working well i know jesus christ netflix is working on the live action evangelion yep um mm-hmm. and you know they they there's also the live action akira movie that's coming out that's a western movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but even it's even fully, the West it's fully doesn't hard. get it right. It's fully Hollywood, right? Yes, yeah. Wow. And, but even fully Hollywood anime, I mean, look at Battle Angel Aelita. So we don't get it right either. Or Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> or Ghost in the Shell. Oh. I watched oh. the first tw- I watched the first 20 minutes of that, quit and left. I was like, no. Nope. 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 There's your, there's your Rick and Morty one. there. Uh, so I, I actually found a game, um, uh, that had released in 2019 and I just learning about it. I, I think I've heard about it before, but this is the first time I actually went to the website and checked it out. So What's it called? apparently there exists a fan recreation, uh, or not really a recreation, but a brand new fan made game, um, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles called Rescue Palooza. And it features 60 unlockable playable characters, 17 stages, four bonus stages, four player local co-op, um, voice clips from the television show, including uh, uh, the vo- original voices of Shredder, Krang, uh, all four of the turtles, uh, and every other one of those 60 playable characters. They all seem to have lines. Um, it's got references to the original cartoon and toy line. And so free, completely free. What? Yes, completely and totally free. You can you can download it, install it, play it. Um, there's the link. Put it in do, chat. Do, 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 going right now. <laughs> awesome. And it, it's freaking cool, man. You get to play play as the four turtles, Splinter, uh, Usagi Ojimbo, um, Casey Jones. Oh, this just came out. Too. Super Irma. It says, yeah, released June thirteenth, two thousand nineteen. I uh, I don't really have a dog in this fight, but uh, Mario Golf. Mario yeah, Golf. yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I did. I was gonna pre-order it. I didn't, and I'll probably wait till next week. But I'm gonna get it. Definitely. I'll is, that, is it out right now? It came out today. Yes. Today, no. Yes. Today. Yes. Was it today? Yes, it was today. It was today, today. Friday. Yep. Yeah. Nintendo releases come out on Fridays for whatever reason. Uh, actually, I've got the uh, the meta review or the Metacritic scores for these. Let's go. Let's, 
What do you what need? To- it's got a it's got a seventy five on Metacritic right now. Um, some of these are. Some people are saying it's weird. I'm like, it's a Mario Golf game. Have yeah. you ever played Mario Golf on the the Game Boy Advance? I mean, come on. Apparently, Games Radar gave it a fifty. Holy crap. Why? What, what's their reason? Bad? Swings in multiple different directions without ever making a convincing impact. While Mario Golf Super Rush isn't too rough in most places, it's just not on par compared to other recent golf games. There were no score reviews as well. I believe um, uh, Polly- You don't compare a Mario sports game to other sports games. Well, you don't do that. Polygon actually had uh, had the best glowing review of it. And it said that Mario Golf Super Rush is the best Mario sports game in a decade. Now, that is a low bar. It is a low bar. But it is, they're saying absolutely unquestionably, it is it is the best Mario sports game we've had in I, 10 years. I bought, when it came out, Mario Tennis Aces. And yeah. <laughs> Mario I'm, Tennis. I'm, it had... Three stadiums that just looped over and over again. Over, and it was over. fantastic. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you, uh, and you, uh, you, you had to go on like a like a campaign map level thing with challenges to unlock characters. And I'm like, I just want to play tennis, just like Mario Tennis. You know, the the my favorite Mario sports game <clears throat> was the Virtual Boy version of Mario Golf, Mario Tennis. <laughs> The Wario and Waluigi renders. Uh, the outfits that these guys are wearing. Dude, Look at that motherfucking pimp Waluigi. Dude, Waluigi has the trilby hat with the L on a medallion, man. That is some fly shit. <laughs> Can I get some Waz in chat, please? A little bit of Y action in chat. Holy moly. And then, uh, there, then there's Wario. That Wario oh, is a cowboy man. hat wearing yellow purple polo shirt. Dude, he looks like a Texas oil baron. He does. That he mm-hmm. wow. So you you got so you've got pimp Waluigi. You've got oil baron Wario. I mean, good God! I so this is solidified. It. I'm just gonna go ahead and buy it. There we go. I'll get I don't it. Know. So I'm watching the gameplay right now. Wow! <laughs> At least the the racing, like racing to the, their their birds or their holes or whatever the uh, the balls, uh, that that part looks a little rough. Yeah, uh, I, I'm in it for the golf. Gotcha. Okay. They had I another. Like, I, don't, I don't know, man. They had another. Uh, they had another render that was released. It was. Uh, it was this one render of Wario here. <laughs> uh, where's grimes's peach come on that was the the best peach i've ever heard because she had the italian accent in the bit and, and I, i've never heard peach with italian accent until recently it was I so love. hilarious because they went so far in researching Waluigi to the point that they took his Mario Party theme and stuck it in the SNL bit as he walked (laughs) and then turned around and put Peach as as an Italian princess. Oh, what? (laughs) My Mario. Oh, so sad. I mean, it kind of 
it, it kind of makes sense because every once in a while she's got a little Italian in her, you know. Every now and then. <laughs> I think she's got multiple Italians in her by now. Yeah. Because we, we've all seen uh we've maybe all a, seen the maybe a the, German too. <laughs> yeah. I mean we've we've all seen uh we've all seen the fan art from uh the um the princess mushroom, so <laughs> Dude, Starbomb did a one did a great one. <laughs> if y'all haven't if y'all haven't seen that one. <laughs> oh man. Is it is it rule thirty four level? Uh so speaking of games that we found. Uh oh. Uh this one's not quite free, but it is very awesome so far. I'm not playing it. We were talking about great sprite work. Uh I've been playing the game called Backbone, which is a noir thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, where you are investigating noir type shit and, uh, you know, conspiracies and the like, but it is, and this might turn some people off. It is full anthropomorphic animal style world, similar to Zootopia, uh, black sad, if you know what that is mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. So, uh, but it's definitely not Disney. Um, it's very, very mature, but, uh, it's got a great. <gasps> conversation system it's got great puzzles i I remember seeing the what when did i see this i saw this it was on one of the indie showcases i think yes yes it's an independent game uh and it's uh they use it's it's like 16-bit level sprites of the characters but they use the unreal engine 5 to light everything and it just the artwork is fantastic um the zooms in, everything gets really pixelated, but when it zooms out for the 2D scrolling puzzle portions, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's a gorgeous game. Uh, the soundtrack is great. It's like kind of a jazzy, you know, era specific, uh, noir type of thing. And, Heck yeah. uh, and the sound effects are great as well. And so far the story is great. The conversation engine is, is pretty robust. It's, you basically have three types of options to, to reply to people. Um, you know, you've got good cop, you've got bad cop, and you've got neutral cop. And basically, uh, you know, you can play, you know, people you interrogate, you can you can play, oh, you know, I'm here for you, I'm on your side, that kind of thing. Or you can play, I'm going to beat you up if you don't tell me. Or you can say, well, you can tell me or you can't tell me. I'm going to figure it out anyway. So, um, <clears throat> Steve, get the button ready. Um, but it's, it's really great. Uh, I'm loving it so far. Uh, I've I just started playing it today, this afternoon after work, and uh, I want to play it some more. So, um, highly recommend it to people who like uh, not. You, you don't really. There's no. It's not like an action game. It's a. It's a conversation slash uh, puzzle game where you solve uh, different ways to get into situations. And for instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, I had to break into a bar because I got into the bar. And then acted like a complete asshole and got kicked out of the bar. But I still needed to go back into the bar to investigate some more. So I had to find an alternate route to get back into the bar. However, um, uh, after a computer crash came back and I tried the conversation differently with the bar owner. And it, I actually was able to charm my way into the access to the place I broke into the first playthrough. So nice. there are multiple options, multiple ways to uh, get get your get your stuff so the conversation system is pretty cool um 
and it's it's very branchy too so uh and the characters that you talk to will remark on your personality that you build up so as you get to as you converse with these characters uh as as the chapters uh go by they'll get to learn the, the type of character you're playing and they will respond to that character in kind to the way you're playing that character so if you're playing characters an asshole they'll remark on that um that it, it's happened a few times uh, some of your actions also, things you choose to do with some of the side quests, same deal. It affects your kind of reputation, but there's no like reputation meter or anything like that. Or it's not Paragon or Renegade. It's more along the lines of everything's behind the scenes. Uh, and it's just, I love it. I'm loving it. A very cerebral game. And I like those kind of games sometimes. I really need to get over to Japan. Holy <laughs> crap. Apparently they've had another... Um, reckoning over at uh, WWE. They released another thirteen wrestlers today. Seriously, yeah. why thirteen? Why? Uh, cost cutting. Yeah, uh, they. they are you they guys, getting ready? Are they getting ready for a sale? What are they doing? I don't think these guys are going to help their stock any for a sale. But uh, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Killian Dane, Tony Nice, Davari, uh. August Gray, Kurt Stallion, uh, Ever Rise. Ever Rise just hit and they're gone. Bollywood Boys, uh, that, there goes, uh, uh, what's his name's uh, two buddies? Um, oh, God, I've, I've forgotten his name. Sing, not Sing. Uh, he, was a, he was a world champion just a few years ago. Anyway, he's in there. Uh, he's not gone. He's staying, apparently. Arturo Ruiz and Marina Shafir. Or Schaefer. Yeah, none of these are big stocks, but holy crap. Oh, it hits the up, up, down, down channel hard. You're right, because both Tyler and Fandango show up on that channel often. Have, the, have them join OCW, Stuart says. Yeah, that um, that's fresh Even, uh, off of the last uh, big release they had. They had a big bundle last time with Braun Strowman being included in there. And... And then there's Eva Marie, who's uh, who they won't get rid of. It's weird choices, man. Like, yeah, why are you going to get rid of your best big man for whatever you've got in there now? Omar and Kaziz or Hazish or whatever his name is. You got two big guys in there, Dabocado and uh, Omar, and neither one of them seem to have a personality between the two of them. But. Yeah, another 13. Man, that's crazy. I'm watching a clip of the Bollywood boys fighting. I had no idea that there were Indian wrestlers. Uh, uh, big, They're big there. That was actually the big um, thing a few years back where they were making that Saudi deal. Um, mm -hmm. And they were trying to expand out to India as well. And so they had they had brought in some individuals from uh, territories out out there locally, brought them over. Um, I think they had them come really close to winning a title. If they didn't, I, I thought they came really close to winning a title. Um, and it was also during that time frame where, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Rob. I gotta find this guy. Jinder Mahal, that was his name. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, Jinder Mahal. They, so he had a big title push. And during that time frame, they really started opening up partnerships around um, India and, and surrounding areas. Uh, they put the title on him and sent sent them all over for a tour over there. And he was like Hulk Hogan over there. They popped massive for this guy. And so they pushed him to the moon and, and it didn't go anywhere. I thought he was one of the better heel champion runs that they had in mm-hmm. that in the company at the time because he was ripped to the core and had good mic work. Uh, he played to his strength. Um, you know, it, it, there was nothing. I didn't see anything wrong with anything he did, but they they thought otherwise. So they took the title off of him. He's making he's back, but he's not back like he was. He's like he's back like Daniel Bryan. Yeah, as someone who doesn't watch wrestling, doesn't keep track of it at all, this is. This is like low tier fascinating to me. <laughs> this is uh it's, I, it's the last time I watched professional wrestling was when I was like fourteen years old. So, so a lot has changed. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, a ton has changed. Um you know, because the you know, the secret's out, it's fake. So the people <laughs> who watch it are fans of the actual business. And the entertainment that it brings, good matches and good promos, you know, good storylines, things like that. And, you know, we, you know, so it's kind of like tongue in cheek. Kayfabe doesn't exist anymore, but people watch to watch the entertainers. You know, we want, you know, it's, it's like the reason why people like a certain celebrity, people like certain wrestlers because of how they hold themselves in the ring, their talent or in the ring or like thereof sometimes or you know how they're sold aka how they're how they're pushed to us by the writers of the show um you know it's essentially as in its current form it's essentially um you know it's comic book level storytelling with larger than life characters with that that is you know that we all know is scripted now it's it's you know the, the cat's out of the bag there but the the problem lately has been you know people aren't watching wrestling like they did in the 90s or the 80s um the ratings have been consistently going down and down and down and the product that's put on display is is reflective of the lower numbers you know everybody is all about oh we want you know we want to see dream matches and so it's so promoters aka the writers of the show uh, this is especially true in AEW, which is a competitor to WWE. Um, it's all about the dream matches. It's all about, you know, mm-hmm. we want to see this guy who was really popular in this era go up against this guy that was really popular in another era. You know, like one big thing that people wanted to see, they wanted to see, you know, they wanted to see Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker. They wanted to see, uh, you know, they want Undertaker versus, I don't know, Kenny Omega or some shit like that, you know, that's not going to happen, but that kind of dream matching has snuck into the writer's room for a lot of the wrestling promotions and a lot of the wrestling TV shows. So instead of cohesive storylines that take years to develop like they used to in the eighties and nineties, um, you know, so for instance, a storyline in wrestling in the 1980s could run pretty much a whole year or even two years, um, to, gi- to give you an examples um macho man and hulk were the mega powers when they band together and became a tag team 
and then they broke apart because Randy Savage got jealous of Hulk, who was just trying to be a friend to Randy Savage's wife, Miss Elizabeth. But instead, uh, they they then they fight about it, and then they they're against each other. So that's another year, and then another year after that, the uh, Randy, Randy Savage teams up with the Ultimate Warrior, who had just defeated Hogan for the heavyweight title, the previous the previous uh, WrestleMania. And so now they're the mega maniacs, you know, so they go up against Hogan and someone else. And that was that was three and a half years of storytelling. Storytelling now is one promo either in the ring or in the back or in the locker room or in a hallway sometimes or fucking in a, you know, like pre-recorded 30 minute video. Um, and then there's a match. And then that's the end of the story. It doesn't happen again. There's no continuations. There's no feuds. It's all, we want to see Kenny Omega fight a luchador. Okay, let's bring one in. Uh, Mil Mortes, bring him in. Or um, uh, what's what's the what's the other guy, Steve? Which one? The AEW luchador, uh, Pentaco Jr. Oh, Pentagon Jr., yeah. Pentagon Jr., They so they want to see Kenny Omega and his group go against the luchador crew you know so they did that they did it one time and everybody's like cool i guess there was no reason for them to fight there was no promos it just happened it was right. like dream you know it, it's wasn't that the one that they showed up in street fighter gear yeah they showed up in street fighter gear because it was a cross promo one, one was ken one was ryu and uh and then kenny omega oh. came out dressed as akuma complete with the death symbol on his back and yep. dyed, his, dyed his curls and everything. Dyed his curls. Yep. Oh, dude, it was great. This was something in the 80s that happened? No, no this, this, was, was this, was this was last year. This was last year? Just last year? Just last, last year. year. During the, yeah, last wow. year. Late last year. So those kind of things are cool, but they're moment to moment. To me, wrestling was always a story. It was a comic book. You yeah. would have feuds, and people would ebb and flow, and they'd be friends, and then they wouldn't be friends. And then a good guy would go bad or a bad, bad guy would go good. You don't really have that anymore. There used to be terms, you know, and they still use them when uh, going a face, which is a good guy and a heel, which is a bad guy. And, you know, outside of a few wrestlers, they're not really playing to those standards anymore. You'll have a guy who will be a heel one week and a face the next week. So, you know, there's no continuation. There's no consistency in the storytelling that's in and and the 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 sort the actual product in the ring the the competency of the wrestling is basically it's gone from let's tell a story in the ring you know you've got one guy will beat up on the other guy and then the other guy will get his turn and then uh they'll be even for a little while and then eventually someone you know either goes to victory or there's a disqualification something of that nature Nowadays, so it's like a story, like a 30-minute story in the ring with the moves they're performing and the things they're doing. And they used to have something that would finish a match called a finisher, a move, a power move. Now, power moves don't mean anything. Yeah, they guy, seem to like, they like multi-man matches where everyone can hit their power move, power move, power move. And then yeah. the last one rolls in, cheats and wins, or, or last yeah. one does a fast roll-up, sneaks it in, or... 
you know, yep. it, it's a it's a fast count or some. There's almost always some fuckery that happens. Yeah, or, or seems it, to happen almost every single time. There's no normal ending to a match. A guy doesn't beat another guy. It's a guy got cheated out of his title because the other guy, third guy, know, ran in and punched him. Got DQ. the other guy had a friend to come in, and that's every single fucking match. Every single match, nothing matters anymore. It, no one, no one holds the no one holds the belt for long either. Yeah, and the the young bucks doing dirty finishes is way old. But uh, there's certain there's certain groups you expect it. So I anticipate or expect mm-hmm. Kenny Omega is going to do that and continue to try to do that as yeah, much as can, he can, so, so he can hold on to all those belts, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and he wants it, to hold on to. He wants to hold on to the, the what he's got the TNT belt, the Impact. The Impact Belt, which is a whole other wrestling promo that was cross promoted. Is it CLL or ACLL or MCLL? Uh, Something the, like that. The I Mexican, the, the Mexican, Mexican one? league that he took from the Luchas. Um, CMLL. CMLL, yeah. Central Mexico Lucha League. Something like that. Anyway, long story short, wrestling, the modern wrestling is. Hey, Zachy Rose. Welcome aboard. Yep. Uh, the modern wrestling is. ADHD compared to what it used to be. And I mean, even in the nineties and the attitude era, even after post attitude era, you had actual storylines and feuds, but because of the advent of the internet, the advent of, you know, they used to have things called the dirt sheets, which would tell you the results of matches from dark matches, uh, which aren't televised. That's why they're called dark matches. Uh, or they would tell you, uh, you know, a pre-recorded big pay-per-view like a WrestleMania or hell in the cell. They'd tell you who won because it's all pre-recorded uh, because of the internet, you can't, I guess the writer room on the promotions don't think that they can really keep things secret for very long. So they don't keep storylines going for very long. And uh, the loss of kayfabe kind of prevents storylines from getting too deep, but the best storylines are the things that incorporate real things from the wrestlers real life. Those things help. Um, the, those things help storylines in the modern wrestling era. And but instead of being storylines, they are just pieces of that wrestler's gimmick or pieces of that wrestler's personality. Oh my gosh, so, that dude just slapped that dude's mama. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I can't believe he just did that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it used to be. My, the, go ahead. It used to be uh, the the whole attitude era and where it began and everything that 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 type of subversion where they they took it to the person's home or their person's residence or whatever that was really brian pillman and and stone cold where Mm -hmm. uh stone cold was threatening to whip his ass and he was outside the door he was outside the door beating on the door and then Mm -hmm. brian pillman pulled out a gun and then the camera went static and you hear bang 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 like oh no that dude just shot someone that guy just shot a home invader <laughs> and, yeah, then, and then the next day or next week or whatever he's he's still out there chasing him stalking him uh and it's little things like that like um what orton invading triple h's home i think or was mm-hmm. it triple h invading orton's home? what what about when triple h drugged stephanie mcmahon and basically it was hinted that he date raped her he dr- he drugged her, loaded her ass into a car, went to a drive-in Las Vegas wedding, and that's and how that's her. the wrestling story on how that's Triple H and Stephanie and got, got married. married. Yeah, so that kind of shit doesn't really fly nowadays. 
No, in, so Laser was making some good points. The Adam Page stuff and the MJF as the, the top two, the heel in the face, it makes sense. And they've been building that for a while, but I, it, it's thin to me. I need more surrounding it to make it more of a, a like a legit storyline for me. It just seems like they're like, let's find all the ways to position MGF as our super heel and Adam Page as our super face. That's what it feels like to me. Uh, a point for for something that Laser can talk about as well. Um, back with the El Rey Network, uh, when they started, they had the Lucha Underground um, promotion where it was... That was you know, different. Some, some American wrestlers and then a lot of AAA Lucha wrestlers. And um, the thing about that is that they had actual storylines. They had supernatural storylines. They had a guy that had died a thousand deaths and was immortal. They had a guy that was infused with the power of a dragon, you know, and, and they were all, they were all competing to get these medallions, which gave them rights to have matches to get these superpowers. And the storylines were amazing uh, because they weren't real. You know, it was literally, you had to suspend your, your belief to do this but it gave the in-ring product which was fantastic because you know mexican style wrestling is awesome to watch um it gave the in-ring product just these thick storylines gave it weight it gave it weight it gave it meaning and yeah it's stupid it's you know supernatural stuff but man this i mean in mexico a kayfabe is still a thing you know, people will go to those matches and they will try to hurt wrestlers, you know, in the crowd. But for that kind of, you know, comic book style storyline, it was wow, like, like Laser says, it's literally a Marvel superhero style wrestling written and directed by Robert Rodriguez, the famous director. Um, and he had a hand in it. He actually executive produced as well. And that it ran for four years and it was the best wrestling I'd ever watched since the attitude era. It was fantastic. I still go back and watch some of those, some of those episodes. Yeah. I mean, you're talking like you had Ray put, in there at one point, right? Ray Mysterio was in there. Ray Mysterio was in there. They had a, they had a guy do a 20 foot drop kick off a ladder. That was nice. I, I will never forget that 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 spot that that spot was insane my the favorite fact he, the fact that he got up and walked away right is, yeah my favorite spots with lucha was uh watching those guys where they would they would set up those high just high intensity fast flip kick moves where you would see one guy play to the other to the other to the other to the other and each mm -hmm. would do a particular move right and and thwart the other guy until there was it, it was the same equivalent to what you would see when you see a finisher um cascade so each each person would do their finisher on a person then the next person will walk up and blindside them with their finisher the next person will walk up and blindside that person with their finisher except mm -hmm. it's 10 times faster and it's also more dependent upon timing than any mm -hmm. of those other things yeah it's so, more of a ballet style it was a, a, a choreographed dance that mm -hmm. that your best dancers couldn't do uh, no. and then you got and, the, these, and these guys. are these are like you know five foot five to six foot 400 pound i mean 350 pound muscle dudes doing these incredible 
like acrobatic moves, not just frog splashes into the into the um uh, into people that catch them. Literally yeah. frog splashes on a people that are supposed to be unconscious. And uh to correct myself, uh, as Laser said, it was actually the guy did a drop kick, twenty foot drop kick off of the top of a uh, uh interior room in a warehouse onto a guy that was climbing a ladder to get a belt that was suspended from the air. That's um, you know, typical ladder match, but a guy literally drop kicked. I mean, it's on YouTube. Go look it up. I don't remember the wrestlers involved, but <laughs> and it I, was. I think the current like, split from uh, Lucha right now, it's mm-hmm. it's got to be closer to 50-50 because you've got Ricochet, uh, mm-hmm. Johnny, um, he's uh, he's over with uh, WWE. Um, isn't most of Lucha House Party, aren't they former Lucha Undergrounds? Sinkara is floating around, but he's nowhere. Yep. Yeah, um, just kind of goes back and forth. I can't um, recall on Grand Metalik. I don't remember if he was he was part of Lucha Prior. Um, they they had Ivalice show up, and she disappeared yep. just as quickly as she showed up. Well, that was there was some things lot, yeah, about a her lot of stuff, some um, abuse, and uh, then allegations. and then on the AEW side, you you've still got. What in in Helico? Um, in Helico, um, you've got your um, Ray Phoenix. Phoenix was a Phoenix Junior and um, yep. Pentagon. Pentagon Phoenix Junior and all that. Uh, and Cage is on. Oh, there. I forgot about Brian Cage. You're right. Brian Sammy. Cage was just. I mean, when I first saw him on Lucha, I was like, "Holy shit, this guy needs." He's like, you know, he's like, he's basically two big giant hams with arms and legs. He's just this huge, massive guy and strong as all fuck and he was on on lucha and you know i was just like this man needs a wwe contract he's got the look that vince loves but then i realized that he's too short i wish cobb got a better shot yeah watching some of this on youtube right now oh, yeah, some wild ass shit dude they, I, they do some really amazing stuff and um yeah. Brian Cage doing a standing moonsault. That's that's standing shades of moonsault. shades of Lesnar doing that same moonsault, but mm. Cage not only nailing it, but he going, landed it. He absolutely did. Yeah, stuck in oh, Japan man. during COVID, so that's where we were stuck there. Hopefully, he'll come back. I'd like to see him in action. Yep. Yeah, um, but so that that's kind of like my opinions on the state of wrestling i, I miss storylines i you know i miss lucha underground i loved it i think it was really you just checked out and went to a youtube playlist after youtube playlist and, and just yeah. watched while we talked <laughs> yeah lucha lucha's great oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah look look for the flying drop kick onto the ladder that that's classic the um, monster matanza they had a match uh laser can tell me who it was because I don't remember, but they had a match where it was basically a uh, Attitude Era. Um, Lucha had an Attitude Era homage match right for, for Stone Cold. Oh, shit. Yeah, Matanza had a had a slam that worked. It was like part Olympic slam, part uh, a power reverse power slam yeah. of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the end of day. It wasn't the end of days. It, it was something uh, else. It was like. Uh, uh, oh, dude, yes, Willie, Mac. Willie Mac. Yeah, he did the stunner with the beers that he got out of the audience. That was. That I miss. I miss Shark. Uh, Shark was it? Shark Man or uh, Shark Shark 
it's not Shark Boy, is it? It's not Shark Boy. Shark Boy was a character in the Robert Rodriguez film. Oh, Shark! There was a Shark character, Shark Man. Someone oh, yeah. explained to me why Sasha Baron Cohen is watching from a window. <laughs> <laughs> Who is I don't. That? I don't have the context on that one. Sorry. I don't either. I don't go, <laughs> go, go to the the video you told me about about the uh, the drop kick by. Um, if you're watching the video that I'm watching, link uh, me from here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just pop that in there. Mich for everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. El Heavy, who runs the uh, who runs the Lucha Underground. Is that the guy who looks like Sasha Baron Cohen? Yeah, I'm that's assuming. that's El Jefe, the king. He was the one who uh, set up these matches and offered the people the wait, power of the medallions. Wait, wait, wait. Go, oh, go, shit. Go, go about 26 <laughs> seconds in. 26 seconds in. Oh, I'm watching now. And, it's uh, like, holy crap. I can't believe he nailed that. Yeah, He's, that's the Spanish. That's uh, that's Angeli- Angelico, isn't it? Yeah, Angelico. Ah, there he is. Yes. Uh, Sasha Barry yep. Cohen. Watching yeah, the Spanish version of Sasha <laughs> Baron Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, and there's uh, uh Eva Eva Lise, wasn't it? Eva Lise was on the side. Yeah, she, it was her and her whole crew. Yeah, wrestling. It's um, hit or miss. All right, everybody. Uh, I appreciate everyone coming out and, and checking us out live. Everyone's at home listening to us on the recording after this. Till next week, we'll see you guys. <laughs>